right into it. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you, and we thank you this morning. The table has been set. It's already done. I pray right now that I decrease and Holy Spirit increases in the name of Jesus. I pray that the word you've given me, your people will hear it, receive it, but not only hear and receive, but they'll put action to it. They'll act on the word this morning, that your word changes lives, restores hope, provides and shows that you've already given us the victory. So we give you all the glory, honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we're going to continue along the vein of further, furthering developing a praise culture, a culture of gratefulness, a culture of thanksgiveness, thankfulness, and a culture of praise to God. Amen? How many of you know if we don't have that, we have nothing? Amen? So the title of my message today will be Developing a Life of Gratefulness and Praise. And I'm sure some of you or most of you have heard some of the things I'm going to say before. But it's important to remind us because we forget so easily. We forget so easily who we are, whose we are, and what God has done for us. Amen? So we want to be reminded of that today. As you know, this week we celebrated Thanksgiving on Thursday. How many of you know as Christians that should be every day? Every minute, every second, every hour, every month, every year, 24-7, 365. We should be thankful and grateful what God has, for what God has done in our lives. Point number one, did you know that the first act of the first federal Congress back in 1789 was a resolution to have a national day of Thanksgiving? Under what president? Let me see how many of you know your history. What did you say? under George Washington. November 26, 1789 was the first public day of Thanksgiving. Our founders established a place where we could love and worship God. And I dare to say that the United States, with all our issues, with all our mess, with all that's going on, we're still one of the greatest nations on this earth because we recognize, we honor who God is, right? We are still a Christian nation, and I believe that's why we're so blessed. Amen? We are a nation that honors Thanksgiving. According to Google Dictionary, Thanksgiving means the expression of gratitude, especially to God. So we remember and we give thanks all the time. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 from the King James Version. And it says, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Point number two, we should be thankful at all times because God gave his only son, Jesus. John 3.16 said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We can quote that so easily, but have we really thought about the importance of that scripture and what God did for us through Jesus? Have we really looked at it? Jesus gave his life, suffered, and died, and we're going to dig into this just a little bit. He took our sins, and he took them to the cross. He had no sin. He was perfect. He was flawless, but yet he did it for you, 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 you back there in the balcony, you back there in the balcony. He did it for every one of us. He said we were worth it. 
God said he created us. We're his creation. And he wanted relationship with us. And he was willing to reestablish that relationship with us after we lost it through Adam. Right? So there should never be a time. I don't care what's going on, what situation, what circumstance, what he did. They said, we said, should have said, should have did, didn't do, should have did. There should never be a second that goes by that we don't thank God. Amen? Okay, let's take a look at this a little deeper. Luke 22. We're going to start at verse 39, and we're going to go through 47. I, yep, a lot of scriptures going on, but I think this is very important. And we're going to read it from the Amplified. As you're going there, this is when Jesus um, went to the Garden of Gethsemane with the disciples. He knew he was getting ready to be betrayed by Judas, and so they went there to pray. He, was, he knew that he was going to be arrested before he got, he was on his way getting ready to go to the cross to be crucified. This is the progression of events that took place. Verse 39 says, and he came out and went, as, as was his habit, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he arrived at the place called Gethsemane, he said to them, pray continually that you may not fall into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup of divine wrath from me, yet not my will, but always yours be done. Now angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in agony, Jesus, deeply distressed and anguished, almost to the point of death for you and me. Think about that. He prayed more intently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not fall into temptation. Couple things. It was so much pressure on him, an angel from heaven had to come down and strengthen him. I never saw that before as many times I read this. Second point, uh, sweat like drops of blood. How many of you know blood is thick? How can blood come out of your pores? That had to be some mental, physical anguish and torture. One commentary said that the devil was trying to kill him in the garden even before he went to the cross. Because if he could stop him right there, all that other stuff would be null and void. He did that. Sweat like drops of blood. Angel from heaven had to come. But then I want to show, I want to talk about another account. We're going to continue this. I want to give you John's account, and then we'll put this all together because it's got a few points we want to draw out of there. Go to John 18, verses 3 through 6, and we're going to be reading from the King James Version. Judas then, receiving a band of men and officers from a chief priest and Pharisees, cometh hither with lanterns and torches and weapons. Verse 4. Jesus therefore, knowing all things that should come up him, come upon him, went forth and said to them, Whom seek ye? Check this out. Jesus was a bad dude. He knew what he was getting ready, that he what he was going to have to face. Yet he was confident and said, Who y'all looking for? Who you looking for? Number five, they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. This is a key. Number six, verse number six. As soon then as he said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the ground. Although that band of men, as soon as he said, I am he, 
went backward, fell to the ground. Don't you tell me he's not powerful. All powerful. Check this out. The band of men that came to arrest Jesus with Judas was 600 men. 600 Roman soldiers, chief priests, captains, elders, and it says common people like you and me. They were from the hood. <laughs> Can you imagine 600? So check this out. This is what I'm thinking. Outwardly, all those chief priests and Pharisees and all the people from the hood, outwardly they, they denied the power of God, but inwardly, they knew who he was. Because why else would you send 600 people for one man? Why else would you send 600 men and people from the hood for one man? Jesus had the power. He could have killed them right there. He could have escaped if he wanted to. But guess what he said? Not my will, but my father's will be done. And his father's will was for you and me to live, to have life more abundantly, to fulfill the purpose he's called us to because he loves us. Those same 600 men were the men that was mocking and scourging Jesus on his way to the cross to be crucified. One of the ways they, that they would mock, mock people back in that day was they would spit on them. So imagine this, 600 men spitting on you. In addition to already beating you before you get to the cross, before Jesus got to the cross, he was beaten. And then now we got 600 people. That's pretty much every, probably this lower section of the sanctuary. Just imagine all y'all going up to him spitting on him. How did that look? How was that on him? How was that humiliation, that shame, and that pain for you, you, you and me? And then we dare not open our mouth and praise and be thankful? He didn't have to. He could have said, I'm done with him. Forget it. Judas, his disciple, was the one who didn't betrayed him. Yet he went along and didn't say anything. What a powerful God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Another point in this. People who are not thankful waste time thinking about senseless imaginations and their foolish hearts are dark. Do you know anybody like that? I ain't calling no names. I'm not saying anything. I'm not looking at anybody. All the foolishness we do and imagine in our hearts that does not add one jot or tittle to our lives. When God gave us the ultimate life giver in Jesus, and we would just recognize and honor him and realize who he is. Amen? Amen. Romans 1 through Romans, let me back it up, Romans chapter 1, verses 20 and 21 from the Amplified. For ever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through his workmanship, all his creation, the wonderful things that he has made so that they who fail to believe and trust in him are without excuse and without defense. For even though they knew God as the creator, they did not honor him as God or give thanks for his wondrous creation. On the contrary, they became worthless in their thinking, godless with pointless reasoning, and silly speculations, and their foolish hearts was darkened. 
your heart. How is it beating? Anyone who attributes the existence of the world to chance or to a different creator is already guilty of deliberately rejecting God. Because to deny the true God, one must set aside common sense. Woo. Common sense. Don't take a rocket scientist. Common sense. It's not in evolution. It's not in the Big Bang Theory. It's not in Buddha, Harry Krishna, Allah, whoever else. It's in Jesus, the anointed one, and his anointing, Christ, for us. Went there, took it. And I'm just giving you a small synopsis. This is not telling you the brutality of his death, brutality that he went to prior to even going to the cross for you. In your little mess, in your big mess, in your drama, yesterday, today, this minute, this second, that's going to happen in the future. Amen? Amen. Y'all looking, looking at me like I got about five heads. I only got one. <laughs> Y'all look at me. Okay. A heart that complains and grumbles all the time and never thanks God. Another thing, it doesn't bring healing. How many of you, how many of you believe for healing in your body? Let me take that back. How many of you believe for the manifestation? Healing is already here. It's already been done. Just the manifestation of your, of, he, of your body, healing in your body. Check your heart and then check what you letting come out of your mouth. Amen? If your head hurts, be thankful that you got a body to have a head on. I know, that was, I know. I'm, anyway. But think about it. We complain about so much that's irrelevant, not even important. If you, if you snub, stub your toe, thank God you got five toes, or four, or three, whatever you got. Be thankful. <laughs> Develop a grateful life. Darkness comes when we don't acknowledge God, when we are not praising and we are not thankful. God said, I have said before you in Deuteronomy 30, 19, life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. That's a no-brainer. That don't even take common sense. Choose life. What's life? Praise, worship, obedience to God. Because apart from that, there is no life. Apart from God, we can do nothing. But apart from him, there is nothing. Number three, point number three, renewing your mind allows you to control your thoughts and your words. Let's go to Romans 12 and verse 2. And I'm reading this from the Amplified. And it says, And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. 
Transformed is from the Greek word meaning, you've heard this before, metamorphosis, referring to an outward permanent change. Make your mind up today, once and for all. Either you in or you out. No longer wavering. Well, I'm in this week, but you know, she look good over here. So let me go over here. He look good over here. Let me go over here. Make up in your mind. Who's more important? Who created you? Make up in your mind today. I'm in it to win it. I'm going to like that old song used to say, I'm going to run on to the end. I'm going to run on. How does it go? To the end. There you go. Say, I'm going to run on to see what the end will be. Did I say going to be? Going to be. Okay. Jesus never wavered about you. He never said, mm-mm. I ain't going to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to. He didn't never get to the cross and say, oop, I changed my mind. I don't want to. He never wavered when it came to you. When God created you, he never wavered. So why you waver? Never waver. Through the good, bad, ugly, and indifferent. All the stuff Jesus went to prior to going to the cross, he still didn't waver because he had you in mind. So we will have the minds. Let's have the mindset of Christ. He didn't waver. I'm not wavering. Come heck or high water, whatever may come, let it come. But I'm not wavering. Because he's already given us the victory. We've already won. We give up too easily. We quit too soon. Of the things of God. Now other stuff we don't. She told you she don't like you. And you're still chasing her. that your lifestyle is a reflection of praise and thanksgiving either to God or to the devil how you living how you living your lifestyle is a reflection of your praise and thanksgiving when you are surrounded by pressure or pain you have to practice the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving so that thanksgiving will come to your mind and mouth first and not complaining or cursing. It's just some things I want y'all to marinate on. Because as I was putting this together, the Lord was dealing with me on a whole bunch of stuff I'm trying to tell y'all to do that I need to do. What's the first words that come out of your mouth when you're in a situation and you don't have time to filter those words? <laughs> if your heart is filled with fear, guess what's going to come out? If it's filled with cursing, guess what's going to come out? When you don't have time to filter, think about it. What comes... I, I, I'd like to be a fly on the wall sometime on some of y'all walls in y'all houses on the job in the car what's coming out remember out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks what's in here will come out garbage in garbage out that's why it's important 
not only for you, your children, your family, it's important what you're watching, what you're listening to, what you're taking in, what you let people speak into your life, what you say to other people, what situations you put yourself in. Because 99.99999% of the time, all the situations and stuff that's going on in our lives are a result of us. All right, let me get back on it because y'all are looking at me like I got 10 heads now. <laughs> Let's turn to Luke chapter 6, verses 45. And I'm going to be reading this from the ERV, the easy to read translation. That's what it's called. That's what it is, easy to read version. That is, that's it. <laughs> not a joke, not a trick, that's it. It says, good people have good things saved in their hearts. That's why they say good things. But those who are evil have hearts full of evil, and that's why they say the things that are evil. What people say with their mouths comes from what fills their hearts. Selah. Pause and calmly think on that. Point number four. The first words you speak should be praise and thanksgiving. Praise is the cure. Praise is the cure to pretty much, I, would, I dare to say, everything that ails you. Everything that concern, concerns you. If you would just get an attitude of gratitude and begin to thank God and praise him, if nothing else, what Jesus did for you on the cross. He didn't have to. You don't have to be here. Because apart from Jesus, we'd be dead and buried in our grave somewhere. He literally, and he did, not literally, he went to hell on our behalf so that we would not have to go to hell. Yes, there is a heaven and yes, there is a hell. Not a scare tactic, not trying to scare you. It's for real. That's the word. Y'all still like me? Mm. I'm, I'm going to be scared. I need security when I leave out of here. Because <laughs> y'all looking at me? <laughs> It's in love, though, because I'm trying to get you to the point where you realize God is your all in all through Jesus. Yes. Let him be what he wants to be in your life. He's already given you the victory. He's already given you the answers. He loves you unconditionally. He says love never fails. He lives on the inside of us. He said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. What's the definition of everlasting? Forever. Doesn't matter what you did, what you don't do, what you plan to do. He loves you. Trust the word. Get in his word and find out. Trust him. Let him love you. Let him woo you. Let him bless you. Let him take care of you. Let him show you his goodness, miracles, signs, and wonders. We are missing out on so much. When you put God's word in your mouth, I like to call it mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. Even though I didn't come up with that. I can tell y'all now that I said it, I didn't come up with it, but it sounded good, so I took it from somebody. <laughs> but mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. What does resuscitations mean? Revivals, restorations, and recoveries. Of what? Of things that have been dead in your life, dormant in your life, things that have been stolen in your life, things that you've lost that's been stagnant in your life mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. But we'll never know that if we don't take the time to find out. It's simple. And the enemy tricks us 
into being distracted. Social media is killing us. It's not a negative confession, it's a reality. Because the word says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I'm not saying social media, all social media is bad. Oh, by the way, for those of you who are watching online, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad to have you. <laughs> I just realized that. We're so glad to have you. Listen today, then come back next week and listen again when Pastor will be back. Amen. But not all social media is bad, but guess what we do? We spend 99% of our time on it. So we, ne we will never know what this word, what God is saying to us, because you know, the Bible is his word speaking to us. We will never know it because we're distracted. And that's the attack of the enemy. That's his purpose, to distract us. He distracts us on social media, and then they tell us we need to go out and get a bigger house, get a bigger car, wear designer clothes, go spend $300 on a pair of tennis shoes. Nothing wrong with that. And now they're telling us it's Christmas time, so guess what we're doing? Not one time have they mentioned Jesus in all the commercials. It's been about buying a bigger Christmas tree, getting your appliances, buying you some new furniture, getting you some jewelry. And none of that's going to put you in heaven. And we fall, we walk right along like we don't have common sense. And we're teaching our children that. We're teaching them a lie about Santa Claus. If you got kids in here, I apologize. We, we're teaching them about Santa Claus that has nothing to do with the redemptive power of Jesus Christ in our lives. Because it's a good life. You might not be experiencing, but I'm experiencing a good life in Jesus. My mind is clear. Before I knew Jesus, I was going, in my senior year in high school, I was going to a house every day getting high, smoking weed. And even in that, it was by the grace of God that I wasn't dead. I didn't get killed. Mind fogged up. Now it's clear. I can see. I got a little common sense. Just a little. I got some common sense. I'm working on some more, but I got some common sense. God has been good and quiet as it's kept with y'all, whether you like it or not, whether you recognize him or not, he's been good to you too. Ooh, let me move on. Let me move on. I'm running out of time. I even lost where I was. Okay. I think I was on, um, oh, we talked about mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. Jesus lives on the inside of you. Believe and speak the word. That's faith. It's simple. God's word and what he asks us to do is not hard. We make it hard because we want to do what we want to do. Grown folks want to do what grown folks want to do. So then we get grown folks' results, but then we get mad at God because we got our grown folks' results. I only got about six more minutes, then I'm gone, y'all. You don't have to hear from me no more. It'll be a long time. <laughs> and we wonder what's, going, what's wrong in our lives. Then we want to get mad at God, and we want to turn and walk away from him when we should be turning to him. He's the only one that's got the answers because you see out there, have they given you any answers yet? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hear him close. Philippians 4, 6 from the Amplified. It says, Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, 
with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God. Everything means what? Everything. It says do not fret. That's not a suggestion. God has given us a command. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. Your specific requests are your spiritual, physical, and material needs. Go to God. He's waiting on you. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not angry at you. He knew what you were going to do before you did it. Go to him. Let him love you. Let him woo you. Let him comfort you. Let him give you rest. Let him give you hope. Let him give you peace. Let him give you joy. Let him be who he wants to be in your life. When are you going to stop fighting it? I don't care what you've done, what you did, what you're plotting to do. He loves you. He sent Jesus thousands of years ago. He's not condemning you. He's not ready to send down lightning from heaven. If you're being condemned, trust me, it's not by him. He said he came to the world not to condemn it, but that through him the world might be saved. Let him be who he wants to be. Let him fulfill the purpose he has for your life. I'm telling you, your life will not be the same. Let him be Jesus in your life. All right, I got four minutes. Let me come on with it. Okay. You can make your wants known to God, according to Philippians 4, 6, by either griping or by thanking him. You choose. That should be an easy one. That should be a no-brainer. Thankfulness or griping and complaining. Even in our natural lives, we can see when we gripe and complain. I, I realize a oh, um, certain situation, especially when you got other people taking care of your loved ones, your family members, or whatever. It's vitally important how you talk to folks, how you treat folks. Even when you go into restaurants and you want to get mad at how they fixed or didn't fix your meal, you don't know what they're doing in your drink. Because all they got to do is, is spit in it and stir it up. That's, I'm saying that to say it's important even in your natural life. What's coming out of your mouth? Are you thankful? Are you complaining? Are you griping? Are you cursing? And I'm telling you, it makes a world of difference. A world of difference. People will do things for you that they wouldn't ordinarily do just by your kindness. Even though they could be wrong even though it might not be right. As I close, I want to ask you, is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Is he all in all in your life? You can answer. Y'all scared? <laughs> Have I said too much? It made you nervous? No, but you can answer. Is he your Lord? Is he all in all in your life? If he is, then make Jesus the first person you go to and not the last person you resort to. Amen. Resort simply means I'm going to go to you, but I've tried everything else, and all that failed, so now I'm going to come to you, Jesus. I guess I'll go pray to Jesus. I guess I'll read the word. Make him the first, and you won't have to worry about the last. He has all the answers to life's good, 
to life's impossibilities. He is the answer to everything you could ever need, you could ever want, you could ever desire. Just take the time, take a little time to find out what it is. All right, as I close again, second time. Assignment, I want to give you an assignment. I want you to take some time and I want you to study some of the Psalms over this next couple weeks. And the ones in particular I want you to study, I want you to stu study Psalms, one, so the chapters of Psalms 145 through 150. Write that down, put it in your phone. And those are Psalms simply of praise, thankfulness, gratefulness, and worship to God. But you need to get that in your heart yourself and see how good he is in those. So I want you to take time and do that. And then I want you to make it a daily habit that the first words you speak each morning are praise and thanksgiving to God. Because anytime you still got breath in your body, right? Even if you got an oxygen tank, you still got breath in your body. And you can still praise and thank the Lord. And then we're gonna, I'm going to end it with this. Psalms 150, verses 1 through 2. And this is from the GNT, the Good News Translation Version. And do we have that up on the screen? Okay, I'm just going to read it. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his temple. Praise his strength in heaven. Praise him for the mighty things he has done. Praise his supreme greatness. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet.